You can find this on eBay, and I think they took it off of Amazon, but you know how those things go. Sometimes they might just pop out. We found the brand called like, Uh-ho. Uh-ho. You ho. Welcome back to the Chemist Confessions Podcast. I'm Gloria. I'm Victoria. This is a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about on the daily. And today is a decode episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are about to dive into the world of hyperpigmentation. <sighs> so uh, it's going to be another one-two series. And so strap in, everyone. But before we get to that, let's start with some brand updates. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. The first bit of very good news is that by this time, Bon Voyage is back in stock. Yay! Thank the Lord. Uh, I think earlier in the year, we're like, <laughs> this shall not be a year where anything goes out of stock. <laughs> yeah, we lied. But um, this time it was for a short time. <laughs> very short, very short. But yes, so um, if you have been waiting um, to try out or replenish your Bon Voyage, it is finally back. And... That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out the bomb. And um, I think it's one of those products that I always thought when we were creating it, I thought it would be our internal favorite, but reception of a bomb, I wasn't so sure about. So really yep. thank everyone who really loved the concept yeah. and made this a sold out, sold out item. <laughs> and also uh, just appreciates mm-hmm. what we put into it. The pain. The pain, the, the pain. blood, the cost. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the other bit of good news though is that The free samples are finally back as well. We, with the new website transition, we had to make sure samples um, were going to be taken in correctly. Mm -hmm. So yes, if you um, now purchase anything over $50, you can choose the sample that you'd like. Um, So yeah, definitely take advantage of that. You will see that in your shopping cart upon checkout. Yep. Last but not least, our um, incubator program is now live. Um, Yes. (laughs) You should be receiving an email pretty soon. If you signed up for a program already, you should get an email from us pretty soon about whether or not there's a study that you might be interested in. If this one isn't for you, don't worry about it. May or may not be one more coming very very soon yes and also it's also not too late to mm-hmm. apply um if you are we are currently looking for those that really i guess feel like they have sensitive skin um maybe more congestion prone skin mm-hmm. hint hint nudge nudge also if you are a cleanser fanatic we're looking in that realm so uh if you are interested we'd love to have you join please sign up so that's it for the brand update. All podcast listeners can still get free shipping on any order with code podcastship. And yeah, that's it. And let's dive into the news. All right. In the news. Let's do it. Um, first, we have a bit of business news. Mm. The brand Naturium has been acquired by Elf for a Ooh. cool $355 million. Ooh, yeah. Um, I think it's pretty exciting. Um, affordable skincare and affordable makeup. Mm-hmm. Um. I did like one of the um, one of the lines from this article expected to double Elf Beauty's presence in skincare to approximately 18 percent of retail sales. So it's clear that Elf really wants to start expanding Mm. out into skincare for realsies. And I agree. Natrium Natrium is definitely that brand to do that. 
Yeah, so keep an eye out. I don't think, I don't expect anything to change very much for mm-hmm. either brands, but it seems like a really good match. So congratulations for everyone involved. Hey, all right. Next. We got more lists. Yes. So uh, I found this list for the 10 most popular celebrity brands. Interesting. I think a lot of the metric is hinged on social media presence. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Yep, yep. So um, I'm going to go through the list really quickly and have Victoria tell me what is not surprising, what mm. is very surprising, mm-hmm. and whether or not we agree with the list. Okay. Um, so it goes in the order. Rare Beauty. Not surprising. Kylie Cosmetics. Mm, I guess not surprising. Fenty. Definitely not surprising. Florence by Mills. Very surprising. I literally <laughs> did a double take and go, who? <laughs> um, yeah. REM Beauty. Yes. I, I think that's okay. I'm mildly surprised. Not, yeah. Mm. yeah. Jeffree Star. I didn't know it was still relevant. <laughs> Me too. That's the one that I was like, are oh. we still on? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Super Goop. Okay. Which I said there, I was like, oh, all right. I guess that sort of qualifies as a celeb. Is that, is, it, I thought that was different than Goop. Okay. Yeah. Whose celebrity is, whose brand, celebrity brand is this? Because yeah. I thought it was just sunscreen. Yeah. No, it, it is, but oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, House Labs um, okay. with Lady Gaga. Road Skincare. I thought that would be higher but maybe that's because we dabble in skincare too much and we we need to get out we definitely have confirmation (laughs) bias here and then last but not least goop okay so i would say this list isn't surprising in terms Mm -hmm. of popularity level i think i am surprised by jeffree star still being so high up with i i think i would i'm not very deep into like makeup drama but (laughs) i know there's some drama there and yeah, we know nothing, guys. We don't know anything <laughs> about makeup. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, at least I feel like when he when Jeffree Star was at its peak, I feel like mm-hmm. I even I see it all mm-hmm. the time on social media. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it in quite some time. And like Victoria mentioned, the two of us don't dabble in that space as much. So yeah, just count us out of the loop. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm most surprised by Florence by Mills. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I guess it captures a market that none of these others really capture. That's true. Definitely That's focuses on the teenager. Um, realm. and they're expanding i think she just launched a fragrance as well oh that's hot so <laughs> hot <laughs> yeah interesting all around i think uh house labs i've always thought was very cool Ooh. in their new launch <clears throat> not the amazon start launch that was, that was very weird. very yeah. weird yeah. but i didn't realize but very cool yeah all around. awesome so speaking of trends, uh, of course, we have to talk about the top skincare TikTok trends as of late. So right now, what's trending on TikTok? Mm. We have Wrinkle Patch, which I'm not surprised by because Victoria and I recently just decoded a bunch of new launches in this realm. So mm. clearly, this is definitely, um, I don't know what came first, but there's a lot of new Wrinkle Patch launches and it's also trending on TikTok. I would love to know, do people use these religiously? Are are people out there? I don't really know. I guess in terms of skincare content, I can see it just being something visual. Like, oh yeah, haha, my wrinkle patch. But again, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've only seen 20-year-olds use wrinkle patches. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you? Okay, what? <laughs> hey, you do you. I'm not your mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, this is, I'll be honest. I don't know if this is my favorite trend mm. on the list, but agree. Definitely seeing a lot of these like, more anti-aging patches come out for sure. Yep. Next, we have face mist, Missler mm. Water. Mm, throwback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spot treatment. Okay. Which I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, 
Is it a trend? Yeah, I or know. is it just an acne problem solver? I don't really know. I think it's it's I mm, I don't know why it's <laughs> trending, but yeah, spot treatment, um, lip scrub, face okay. wash, which yep. face wash that's trending not a trend, is weird. guys. Yeah, it's just come on, man, that's a staple. Uh, wash your face. That's cool. <laughs> Next is facelift tape. Okay, extension of wrinkle patch. I assume. Yeah, I've seen one video of it, but it, it's it does look like just a strategically placed tape around your face i believe though so that's been around for a while there's a brand called frownies or i and that one is really gnarly if you have a significant other just put that on your face and don't say anything and go to bed i think you're supposed to sleep with it on but it's like this like skin colored adhesive that you Uh put on your frown line specifically in the frown zone oh and it's quite um actually let me just google it for gloria so she knows what that looks like (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah so um yeah that's been around put it back yep yep i will say every year i'm like maybe i need frowning (laughs) (laughs) all right cool next we have skin cycling which i think is a Generally speaking, it's a good concept. Um, I will say whatever skin cycle you're on, mm. the goal is still to be consistent, right? Oh, so yeah. if you have a, week- a weekly regime or like your skincare plan out to the month, um, you still need to do it month after month to see mm. the real benefits to this. For sure. I think that's um, my only problem with skin cycling is I think some people think of it as um, as a trend and mm-hmm. they kind of like it for a couple of weeks and then it falls sideways and they're like, like, that didn't work for me. Or they change monthly, right? They have yeah. a whole yearly calendar of yeah. cycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's totally a little agree. too much. Um, no, uh, Number nine comes in. Oh, blah, blah. Number nine <laughs> is hyperpigmentation treatment, which is great because that's what we're talking about for this episode and the next. On if- target. Nope. Uh-huh. And then last but not least is lip mask. Lip stuff will always be popular. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll ever not be popular. I think how you carry your lips is like it kind of comes and goes in terms of mm-hmm. how like trendy the topic is. Yes. So like a good lip sugar scrub is mm-hmm. always in. I feel like I could take better care of my lips. <laughs> and every time <laughs> I see a tr- both. <laughs> the SPF lip care, man, like it's like I know everything about it. Mm-hmm. Terrible at still terrible at remembering that stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. And I guess last but not least, Gloria. Oh, not last but not least. Gloria found another article on snail mucin. So I guess we're talking about it again. Yeah, that is so trendy right now. But so CNN actually wrote an article on what is snail mucin. My goodness. And they talked a little bit about studies about how it's proven to be a, um, they said, and I quote, Oh, there's a lot of quotes in here that I think is like, very interesting. <laughs> there was a quote in here that says, Hippocrates, a.k.a. the father of medicine, was reportedly prescribing crushed snail for dermatologic issues as far back as 400 BC. I couldn't... I, I, I didn't know this, but okay. Allegedly, <laughs> Hippocrates... Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, Hippocrates was onto something already at that point. <laughs> and um, this article goes on to talk about what is snail mucin, what it does for you. Mm-hmm. And I will say what's interesting here is not necessarily the article itself. Mm-hmm. It's a, It did lead me to a study on snail mucin because we do... We talk about this sometimes where we just don't really see all that many studies on it, especially for what's claimed for. Mm-hmm. But this one did... Um, lead me to a clinical that has a snail mucin at two very strange percentages one at eight percent and the next at 40 percent which is a really big jump whimsy okay. yes and the, it did find that at both concentrations and the 40 being more effective okay 
it was hydrating, you know, skin, general skin texture improved mm. over time. So anyway, if you're on the market for Seomucin, definitely keep an eye out for really high concentrations. This is not something that you, like, if you want to try it out and get the benefits, not something that can be in there at a questionable percentage. How um, long did they use it for? I think it was like an eight-week study. Okay. Okay, yeah. so that gives us a time frame of how long to see results a little yeah, bit. for sure. Um, the classic, I think pretty much a cold favorite product here is Cosrx's Still Mucin line. And I mm. believe the toner comes in at 96, basically 100% Still Mucin. And what was mm-hmm. interesting is while I was, you know, putting this together, I also find that you can find really questionable dupes out there. Mm. Yeah. So if you're on the market, counterfeit potential is very high. Yes. Okay. Keep uh, pay really close attention to the actual brand name. You mm. would think CosRx is CosRx, but we'll put this up here. You can find this on eBay, and I think they took it off of Amazon. But you know how those things go. Sometimes they might just pop out. We found the brand Cola. Ho. Ho. You ho. Missed opportunity. <laughs> it has those ridiculous Photoshop <laughs> pictures, but you will see in the picture. And all I can say is it's the exact same font, color, color styling mm-hmm. as the CosRx one. Maybe you shouldn't buy your skincare from eBay, but yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty blatant. It's pretty good. Yeah. So pretty just good. keep an eye out for these things, and uh, we would highly not recommend these things. Also, I would just like to add that I went down a recent rabbit hole on snail mucin. And I just want to say that <sighs> sourcing is important. Yes. Um, yes. And I really think that Gloria is absolutely right that you need more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I don't know. I feel like if you're trying to dabble in this realm, it's actually pretty confusing to know like which one you should buy. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, CosRx is like the most classic one to purchase. Um, and I think that's fairly a big chunk of that is the snail mucin extract. So I just, yeah, I feel like if you maybe just try not to get too creative, like trying to shop for the right one mm-hmm. in this sense, I would start with a CosRx and see how skin does with it. And then you can try expanding out. I don't really know because I feel like the the realm like Gloria found with e- the eBay counterfeit knockoff, it's like really wild. I didn't and have a lot to of dig, brands we don't know. Yeah, I didn't have to dig with. very far. Yeah, it was pretty much on the first page of Google. Yeah, that's how bad it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, um, the point is also too with this category we've kind of mentioned this before is do manage expectations. There's a lot of really wild claims that are tied to this. There are a few studies that more on the supplier end that do look at potential like scar healing, but it's like in terms of you know very minor scarring. Um, and it's very source dependent. So that's where there's so much confusion on what it can actually do for skin. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to remind everyone, remember, this is really kind of like a hydration with a mini plus of yeah. like other good actives within this like humectant kind of material. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Awesome. All right. Last bit of news. There is a new launch. And um, let's just say the exfoliating <laughs> toner. We Okay. A couple years ago, <laughs> we wrote a blog on breaking mm-hmm. down exfoliating toner mm-hmm. landscape. And we thought this article would just sit there forever and it would just chill there like a reference. And then the launches don't stop. There are so many like <laughs> toners with AHAs and BHAs now. So we just Everyone's got to get their AHA toner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Badescu, um has launched, I think this is a relatively new toner mm-hmm. with them. 
It's their hydrating glow toner with jojoba and PHA, and we have to do a quick decode. Interesting. All right. The ingredients go... Jojoba and PHA is a very random combination. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like All a right. match. It's like roll the dice. It's like, ah, I shall roll die. PHA. And then, ah, roll another dice. Oh, yay. Jojoba. Damn. Beat out sweet almond oil. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> All right. So ingredients go water, propane diol, Glycerin, okay. jojoba seed oil, okay. sodium hyaluronate, okay. palmitoyl tetrapeptide 10, mm-hmm. Hundreds crispus extract, cap capture glyceride, oh, gluconolactone, hydrogenated lecithin, tocopherol, which is a vitamin E, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so more hydrating than glow. Yes. Or, or exfoliating. Yes, so ah. this is a lightly milky serum um, mm. toner with low amounts of lightweight oil. Mm. Propane diol and glycerin, which is in the second, third spot, are mm-hmm. both hydrators. They're both humectants. Um, and then you have a lightweight oil. Yeah, the PHA part, just just take it with a grain of salt. It's, it's hanging it's out. Dash. Yeah, it's hanging out there. Even though there is a study out there that showed that gluconolactone, even at 2%, can have some exfoliating benefits. Highly doubt this is at 2%. I would wager <laughs> that it is not close to two percent here so yeah it's kind of long for the ride yeah. um if you're using it as just kind of a moisturizing toner or something to give Prep your skin maybe. yeah a little yeah. bit extra something something that's fine just don't expect anything more than that definitely don't rely on this as your exfoliating toner 100 percent. good catch awesome and that's it all right Hey, it's time for the decodes. Okay. I think these are pretty good. Yeah. I'm so <clears throat> to prep everyone for the very dense, oh, the very dense hyperpigmentation <laughs> episode that's coming up, mm. we decided to decode two kind of what I think is um very representative yep. types of formulas you'll find in this realm. Totally. So we're talking about topicals faded mm. and hyperskins brightening serum. And these are what we would call kind of like a hodgepodge scenario. True. Throw the sink at it, like kind of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with this approach. And you'll see in the next episode that hyperpigmentation is something that does kind of require the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you'll still want the key ingredients to shine. First up is Topicals Faded. Mm. This one has niacinamide, um, tranexamic acid. If you go further down the list, you'll also see alpha arbutin, kojic acid, dipomitate, glutathione. I see azelaic acid, licorice root root melatonin, phytic acid, alantoin, centella, just your hot keyword in this realm. We'll put the topicals image up. They literally have a a little promo image with the product and all the actives it has. And it's like, boom, koji, boom, 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 centella, transamic. Yeah, it's literally ingredient Mm -hmm. cloud. And... Um, they also did a uh, consumer perception study for yeah. four weeks where 100% of the participants claimed that their skin has improved overall. Mm-hmm. 96% uh, have found that their skin tone looked more even. Mm. 96% of the participants found that the dark spots and hyperpigmentation were less visible. Mm. Um, and this was done with 32 people. And it has a before and after picture mm-hmm. where I think it kind of goes in the realm of it's a picture. <laughs> the lighting's very not is not very consistent. It looks like a selfie pic. Mm. The quality of the picture is not the best either. How would we describe this picture, Victoria? Yeah, so this is um your typical non-professional photo. Usually um in these consumer studies now, they can have users actually send um selfies mm. of their progress. So that's why the lighting is slightly different, the angle's different. Um, so it's definitely not your profession, most professional photo that you'll find. 
on top of that, I think it is still pretty convincing. The thing that I do want to mention as an acne person and someone who probably, and for those of you who also deal with acne on your own is like healing rate of acne versus pigmentation can be very different timeline. So I feel like it's like, oh, this is promising, but I, I'm still, especially because maybe I'm jaded and we know so much about hyperpigmentation. It's like, I don't know how, if I'm going to actually get these results Mm -hmm. tackling my hyperpigmentation concerns, um, just because of the way acne can heal so rapidly for certain, especially for people who are using maybe like other topicals and whatnot. So that's probably the only like asterisk I would put Mm -hmm. to this before and after in just like managing expectations. But I do want to talk about the inky real quick. Yes. I, okay, this type of ingredient list is very common. Yep. And I'm trying to figure out like, what is the best way for someone to like, look at this and like, take away what exactly they're getting? Because Mm -hmm. there's going to be a cutoff where Gloria and I can tell you, definitely not all of these guys are working. Like, and that's just the way, that's the name of the game in formulation now. And I'm just trying to think like, what would be like, if you were to try to plug this into your hyperpigmentation routine, like, what would you say you're getting? So you're definitely getting niacinamide. Yep. For sure. That's the fourth ingredient. You got tranexamic acid and then kojic, maybe. I don't know. Kojic is so volatile. Uh, oh, it's actually kojic acid dipalmitate. Yep. That one I don't know about. Never mind. Ooh. Scratch that. <laughs> yeah. So I think my takeaway from this is I would focus, I was, I would zoom in on the niacinamide and tranexamic yeah. acid and that say, these are the two that's probably mm. doing most of the heavy lifting mm. here. Most hyperpigmentation actors are tested at at least 1%, if not 2%. Mm. Um, niacinamide and tranexamic acid are both tested at 2% up. Tranexamic mm. acid, I think the lowest concentration data is actually at 4%. Mm. Um, so these are all higher use level ingredients. By the time you get down to the arbutin, the yeah. kojic acid dipalmitate, I'm like, is this still at 1% up? Yeah. Mm. And then you go down to azelaic acid, which is tested at 10 to 20%. You're a thousand percent not getting that down there. Exactly. So that's where we want to just like, you know, it, this looks very appealing and capturing a lot of really good actives that Mm -hmm. are on our radar, but I'm definitely not looking to this to say like, oh, I'm getting my azelaic acid here. You know, so hopefully that helps give you guys a little bit of a, I don't know, some way to organize um, where this product fits. And maybe if you're someone that maybe already has an niacinamide product or you already have a tranexamic pro- acid product, like you kind of know how, what you're focusing on. And it's going to be important. You'll see when we talk in our hyperpigmentation episode next. Yep. Yeah. Next, we have Hyperskin's Brightening Dark Spot Vitamin C Serum. Mm. So vitamin C, of course, is a star here. It claims that it has 15% vitamin C and okay. 1% kojic, which okay, I'm glad good, they called good, out the good. 1% kojic. Perfect. So you have water, the 3-O-ethyl version of a vitamin C. Kojic acid, mm. and then after that, there's a lot of extract. You have aloe, you have uva verse uh, which is uh, extract that's thought to contain um contain skin brightening ingredients, and um there's... also licorice root extract. <laughs> <laughs> Hyaluronic acid. You see a lot of other plant extracts. So I do. Oh, there's sal acid at the very bottom. Yeah. So we're really looking at. The 3-O-ethyl sorbic acid and kojic acid to really carry this formula. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would say this one, kind of going back to our vitamin C derivative mm-hmm. video, um, 3-O-ethyl isn't typically used at this mm-hmm. high. Definitely patch test this For before sure. you proceed. Yes. 
it's in terms of brightening data uh proprietary yeah it's mysterious yeah it's not as well established as some of the other vitamin c so if you have if you're already using say a classic c for rulic like Mm -hmm. an ascorbic acid product this to me wouldn't replace that Mm, at all for sure yeah unless you never used vitamin c before and you want a little bit more of that brightening kick from the kojic acid then this could be a good product for you yeah i think this for me i would be more focused on the kojic acid part i think that's a great piece so um yeah and all right we got to talk about the full before and after because for me i feel like i'm like oh i like i actually generally like this ingredient list Mm. um but then i look at the before and after i'm like God, why well, I wish I didn't see this before and after. <laughs> yeah, so Hyperskin didn't do a clinical, or at least I didn't see a consumer mm-hmm. perception or a clinical on this product. Instead, they relied on user B, um, BNA pictures. Nothing wrong with using that, but the pictures they chose to use to me, I'm like, I wish, I wish this was instructed better. Yes. So it was uh, the duration was 30 days of mm-hmm. using the product, and the pictures is just starkly different. First of all, the skin tone looks like two degrees darker. It looks like this person might have gone yeah. into the sun within those 30 days or once taken outdoors, once taken yeah, indoors. the lighting just isn't right. Yeah, yeah, it's so different that there's really not a lot of takeaway there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel like it's, it actually detracts for me mm-hmm. um, and I don't actually find this one that helpful. It's just the nature of BNAs nowadays. I mean, we can tell you also being a brand as well as like, BNAs are it feels like everyone now needs to have their own BNA and that means that the BNA realm is very wild so this is definitely not like it's just very common but yes I feel like it's not helpful (laughs) yep um these two products also have a pretty stark price difference Mm -hmm. hyperskin is $58 for 30 ml topicals faded is $38 for 50 ml so with all of that information we just threw at you, I'm going to ask Victoria, <laughs> which one would you use? <laughs> you know, okay. I was just thinking about that. So I think, funny enough, I would still use Hyperskin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would actually, I, I would trial it because, and I would use this in conjunction with my vitamin C serum. I'm not replacing it. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would use this as a treatment just mm-hmm. because... I think the combo to me is a little bit more unique Mm -hmm. and I personally don't need more niacinamide or tranexamic acid in my life. So that that's my personal take. But I was going to say, I think there's a case to use both products. Mm -hmm. And I feel like these are actually two different tiers of products. I almost feel like topicals faded could be that like maintenance product that maybe you're not like actively targeting and trying to treat uh, more, uh, I would say, moderate to severe hyperpigmentation. I was like, I could see this as like part of someone's routine. But for hyperskin, I feel like maybe it's someone that's trying to be a little bit more aggressive about it. I don't know. What do you think? That's a great point. And I think that was the one point I really want to make here is yeah. you might think us choose one or another. Yeah. But um, yeah, because the star of the hyperskin is the vitamin C and Kojic. Yeah. And the star of the topicals is nice and mine transamic. These don't really interfere with each other. So yeah. if you want to use both, you absolutely can. I personally, I just don't see a placing my routine for either type of product. <laughs> I hate to say, but that's that's me because I already have niacinamide in my routine, yes. in my moisturizer, sure. and I already have a standard ascorbic acid. So do I expect the 3-O-ethyl to bring a lot more efficacy? I don't know. Yeah. And but that's just me. And um and yeah, like Victoria said, for those of you who want to um dabble in hyperpigmentation, these can both be good options, but just yeah. kind of. 
temper your expectations, especially don't get overwhelmed by the really long and really impressive like resume yes. of ingredients. You're not really getting all of them. Yes. So yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Your your formula can only hold so much. And mm-hmm. these actives, again, concentration matters. So you need to make sure you're getting enough. And there's no way to make room for all of that. Yeah. So I think that's such a good point. And then the other thing I was also gonna say is I just feel like and Maybe you guys will feel it too when we talk about hyperpigmentation. It's just like, tr- it really feels like you have to try everything yeah, for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> and that's the nature of hyperpigmentation. And yeah. the reason why we usually talk about it during the fall time, yeah. you're going out a little bit less. Your UV exposure is a little bit less. It's a good time to mm. just you know, sit down and you know start really tackling hyperpigmentation through the winter month. Totally. And yeah. Oh, and the last thing I want to bring up is Hyperskin has kojic acid and topicals has the dipalmitate version. Mm. These are both not very stable ingredients. So definitely keep these products at a cool place. Mm. If you see it start getting darker and darker and darker, it's not your imagination. It's the kojic acid going. So definitely use them up as you Dying open them. a sad, quick death. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yes, that's the decode for hey. me. All right. Let's wrap this up with some Q&A. All right. First question. Regarding hyperpigmentation, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is there anything besides sunscreen I can use to avoid it in the first place? Yes. So sunscreen is definitely one of the main ways to prevent hyperpigmentation. Number two is avoid excessive irritation to skin. Mm. Uh, Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is one of the main reasons why these patches may develop in the first place for a lot of skin types. Mm. So when you are, if you are someone, you notice that maybe after you pop up extra angry acne and it fades into a bit of a dark spot, yeah. then you are someone that might be prone to high post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. So just treat your skin gently. Yeah. Vitamin C also is still a great preventative uh, topical all around. By that we mean ascorbic acid. So that would be another product we would recommend. I do want to say there is an element of genetics, genetics. in here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, can you avoid it completely? Probably not, but there is ways to kind of curb that progression. But it is what it is. It's part of aging. It is part of photo aging and um, chrono aging. So that's, that's just kind of a way of life that we yep. deal with. Yeah. I have, I personally have a lot of freckles. And during summer, if I'm not very mindful of my sunscreen, it will start to connect the dots a little bit <laughs> and turn into sunspots <laughs> no. and patches. So no, yes. <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> no, but anyways, cool. All right, next question. All right. This person writes, from a chemical standpoint, what does soothing mean? Ooh. I read in your materials about the soothing benefit of silymarin and elantuan, but I don't really understand what soothing means in this context. Do you mean anti-inflammatory, like a topical steroid or something else? That is a great question. <laughs> I love this and question. I do want to add this woman is a doctor. So Signing that makes off. a lot of sense. Signing off. Um, well... Yes, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> yes, usually um, that means it's been locked at on some sort of anti-inflammatory pathway. Mm-hmm. And as you are going to be well aware, topical steroids, a lot of them are, if not OTC, then prescription only. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are lingo that us we in, can't in the, say. Yeah, use. in the cosmetic camp. Yeah. So instead, we got to say things like soothing, soothing calming, uh, less angry. <laughs> yeah, it, it is definitely a cork in the claims yeah. which also means this category is very hard for us to decode mm. because because it's not a regulated term yeah. and you can't technically say anti-inflammatory 
how these soothing materials are evaluated can vary far and wide in between. Some don't need any testing. Yes. <laughs> um, I think a classic is a lot of these ingredients they look at for wound healing yeah. is one aspect. And then there's actual inflama uh, inflammatory Pathways. response, mm -hmm. like uh, SLS irrit irritation test mm -hmm. and see how skin recovers is one pathway. So a lot of times we look at if it's been if it's been tested on skin for any capacity, like induced irritation and see how skin recovers test is a good one for us to look at. Yep. But it can be a little bit wild. And like Victoria <laughs> said, there are many plants that's like, oh yeah, it's a, it's very soothing. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's just a little help skin, it'll calm it. <laughs> yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, all right. So that's the end of our episode. <gasps> Nice, yep. short and sweet to the point. Yeah, hopefully that is a little bit of a teaser into next week's. But otherwise, where can they find us, Gloria? You can find us on our website at chemistconfessions.com. Write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at... Did I say that already? No. Oh, okay. You can DM us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. <laughs> I don't think so. If I did, there's a lot of chemist confessions thrown at you. But More yes. importantly, we are also on TikTok, but do not DM us on TikTok. Um, but if you do have a question, definitely leave it in the comments below. Um, otherwise, we will see you guys next week. <gasps> Bye.